Welcome to the SCOM podcast. This is our security and compliance podcast created by Quarter Cloud. I'm Kelly and I work at the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil Talk Technical, where I keep it lighthearted with a selection of exciting guest speakers. Let's delve in. Welcome to the latest episode of the ESCOM podcast. I'm delighted to say that we have Brett Walmsley here from Bolton Hospital, who's been a long-standing um, customer of Quarter Cloud. Um, so thank you very much for coming to join us today. We've just wrapped up a really good event, which I think um, has also opened a lot of questions about the future of um, technology, cybersecurity, but also in the healthcare. But I think we could start from the beginning because obviously Phil, our new appointed CTO, you guys used to work together. So there's quite a lot of history and story about what you guys have done of your um, cybersecurity journey. So it would be good to kind of start from the beginning, what things you looked at, what pain points you kind of had. And obviously that kind of opened up the conversations and then starting to work from core to cloud. So Brett, obviously it's been about five years now, roughly. What what kind of things did you start looking at or seeing that needed help implementation with five years yeah becoming to five years now yeah wow Mm -hmm. um i think initially this was to do with something um to fill the gaps that wasn't mass produced so the things were on the market just was were generic Mm -hmm. um and you know um me and phil back in the day didn't do generic we need something very specific so we needed to reach out to someone to do all that research of things that we we knew what we wanted um, but it just wasn't available. It wasn't in the way we wanted it or the format. So I think that started our journey of with Corticolite is to go and find something that fixed the problem rather yeah. than just get something that got put in a draw, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think that obviously really even back, back then, I think if you're talking five years ago, yeah. staff in the NHS is low now, but it was even lower five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it really was making sure that it was things that were really going to work for us, I guess, because we, we didn't have the time to sort of be chasing our tails looking at a million logs every day. So it really had to really be showing us, making a difference to what was already there, I guess. Yeah, well, because this is pre-WannaCry, so there was no such thing as cyber security teams or mm. there was a patching person, if you were lucky. So you needed something efficient. So that's, that started our journey, I think it was... What was that first... Ah, still our favourite. And it seems like it was someone's favourite today as well. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. Spent a lot of time on that dashboard, didn't they? Or that's the first thing they checked. You've always said to me, that's the one thing, if it got ripped out, you'd be quite concerned about. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how you get zero in every quadrant, but I don't think I've ever had that since it was installed. I've never never seen that, but... uh... (laughs) <laughs> pretty, pretty smart. No, no lows, no mediums, no high, no criticals. I'm thinking he's got Pentera as well. How's he doing that? <laughs> so for someone that's listening that doesn't know what Vector is, what in a nutshell, how would you explain it? How does that help you guys? What's the big piece of that, what it does? Well, I mean, obviously, it's kind of giving you an aerial view of everything that's going on in your network. It's And it, again, it works in a couple of different ways. So it's it's kind of got the coded behaviours, but it's basically going to sit on your network and learn what's normal on your network from your users and your computers. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is that it's not signature-based because, again, signature-based, as we all know, isn't going to work with a zero day because it's, it just doesn't. So you, look up, you want something that's going to look at behaviours and patterns and do the analytics for you in a way that it's going to present it to you and say, look, we're absolutely sure this is a problem because normally it does this, today it's doing this. It's an unusual thing for this account to do. Yeah. You know, and in the NHS, that's particular key. And the fact that it then flags it and bases it on things like ransomware or data exfiltration, these are the things that you're worried about. So you can click on it and look at it in those categories 
again, it's tailored to your organisation effectively. So, you know, because every organisation, what's normal in their organisation is slightly different elsewhere. You know, their teams work in a different way, sometimes with slightly different products as well. Okay, so Brett, how did you do that before Vetra went in? Oh, we didn't. Right, okay. There's a short answer, going to be honest. No, that that, that was the problem is that... Everybody wants to know if there's something running around your network. Is uh, is the is something changed? Um, mm. You know, the amount of many network controls you have in place, things can be compromised. The zero day stuff. So you needed, like you said, that holistic view. Mm. Um, but it's just much more than that. I think it's um, it is like having your own team of people just pointing out things that you've got an issue with. Uh, and over those probably three, four years, probably more since we've used this, it has tailored itself to your environment. So things really do crop up that's a problem that you need to t- pay attention to um yeah it's still my favorite um i know he integrates into endpoint for isolation is just wonderful so you can actually you know um do something about the problem rather than just look at a dashboard and run around find, finding someone to to yeah. fix that or unplug it or i think it did the active, di- active directory integration for a while didn't it but the endpoint's kind of a, a the, new, the endpoint, newer thing yeah it is one thing but having the endpoint to be isolated is yeah. where tp cyber is and whatever it might be um is really good yeah, it's been a long time using. So, just to fill me in, was Vector pre WannaCry? Yes. Yep. Okay. And am I correct that you guys weren't affected at all? No, no, no. I remember. We remember the day well. With the whole world, well, the whole NHS world, seemed to be ringing everybody with this problem that was emerging on a late Friday. And we was sort of <laughs> debating, turning things off. Just yeah, we were just sort of right. the virtual. <laughs> Plug in your hand, going. Do we? What's do what's we? going on? There was no information, was there? But we mm. we had sort of faith that why do anything until we know what we're supposed to do? Because you couldn't see anything in Vector either, could you? Couldn't see anything. No. So there was no reason to do much. But um, but since then, um, mm. it's. I think people have said before it's an awful thing to say, but it was a, it was a massively disruptive and horrible thing. But it really focused on how dangerous this thing could be. I think you remember. I think you remember you saying. I think when we went at the warp event about, did you go to another hospital? Did you both go and try and help? And then there was just like post-it notes just stuck on like computers, and you just walked around a bit like, oh my god, this is <laughs> much worse yeah, than even, what we thought. Yeah, even even we were sort of like, well, we'll go and help out. They seem to be struggling. And then the reality of seeing machines, uh, yeah, people that were runners with, with with results and the poor IT, you know, couldn't cope, and it was just. An eye-opener. And another one of the reasons why you're thinking, right, okay, this can't happen to our organisation or any. You know, this has got to, we've got to do something about this. I, also, because I think one of the guests today was saying that on the day of WannaCry, his wife was in labour and that she was mid-labour and then all the systems went, like, down. Everything got shut down. I mean, being a mum myself, I can't even imagine being in labour and then going... Yeah, we've got we've got no systems. That I mean, that must have been for patients and everything. I think for me, that I remember you telling me that story it was the first time of realizing how much cybersecurity can actually affect people day to day. Because you've always said that you're not in IT, you work in healthcare, so it does have a much big effect. So Vectra was the first piece. Obviously, you know that was great that you guys didn't get affected. What did you then learn from Vectra? What did you then realise, right, we've got that piece in now? Because also I learned today, you can't just plug one thing in and think, yep, I'm done, that's good. So There's no silver bullet. No, so what was the next kind of thing that you thought, right, we've got that in piece, now now, now, what do we do next? I think it was improving the, the security the, um, of the systems in general. We knew that there was active directory passwords that, were, that needed addressing. We knew that there was... Um, 
uh, hardening of systems we could do and we needed to know where our weaknesses were. You mm-hmm. needed a, a tool in way to sort of audit what we had and to see what we could do about it. I think so the next piece of that was what is now called Pantera. Yeah, it was, it was um, formerly Sisis. Sisis, it was Sisis Pantera, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's Pantera. Pa- yeah, Pantera. It was very new at that point, wasn't it? It was incredibly new and it seemed a little too good to be true kind of product. But because yeah. it came from, from, from you guys, I was willing to give it a go. Wow, that was an eye-opening day. <laughs> I, said, I remember it was uh, yeah three or four guys came in with two laptops didn't they and it was like okay and you could see that you, I could look and see on their faces I was like okay this is not going well for us yeah, well yeah, for them. yeah. you could yeah. Yeah, sort of like uh, yeah. initially initially nervous and then after five minutes they were like okay so anyone that's listening to the podcast that has no idea what Pentera is how would you explain it in a box it's an automated hacking tool yep. with intelligence so it's not just a, a scanner Nessus type thing it's a a full-on sniffy network intelligent um, system that not only can do the job of 12 people hacking, you know, credentials, all the common uh, attack vectors, um, it will then tell you how to remediate it. Okay. And how it got there and how it got your your, your credentials or how it managed to get onto a server. Um Exactly that's that. that's the basis of starting a secure infrastructure. It's working right. out. And funny, we, you know, we had the, uh, the after the session today with the other hospital. They used it in exactly the same way we did. Is to build the new servers with all that inherited yeah. knowledge about what you need to turn off, what yeah. you shouldn't have running, and then suddenly after after a period of time, you have this inherently secure secure systems because you've got a tool that you can run whenever you want. You don't have to pay thousands of pounds a day for someone to attack one email or your AD and the next day it's not. Because it can run 24-7. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it? It runs 24-7. So Mm. that then ran, it then identified your holes and gave you a bit of a game plan of what you needed to do next. It integrates with Vectra because I do remember a demo when I came up with you guys and you showed It alerts in Vectra. It alerts in Vectra because that looks like a Christmas tree lighting up, doesn't it? It, Yeah, well, Vectra doesn't, we'll, we'll look for anomalies you know, um, techniques of, of uh, compromise. So when you run Vectra, that is constantly running techniques. Right. You have a little, people haven't seen it, there's a, a quadrant going from low, medium and high. And um, high, the sort of critical being in the top right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And you would run Vectra and it would just run through it within minutes to be in the top corner, which is right. what you'd expect. Yeah. So you, you could, it's like running red, blue, red team, blue team. So yeah. you had one trying to defend while one's trying to attack. Right. So, that's so, how... so you can know that it was working, both were working. Right. You okay. can properly secure your environment from it, really. Because obviously, if you think about it, you've got to presume that you're going to get attacked at some point. Somebody's going to get in. And what they're going to want to do first, get that foothold, which is exactly what Pentera does. Yep. It starts off from nothing. Literally, some IP addresses, press go. Okay. So it's using the same techniques. And that's the key thing, really. You're not just going against a gold image. You're actually going to look at your whole network and say, look, I've got nothing. How can I get privileges? How can I laterally move? What are, what are the vulnerabilities on my endpoint? Okay. So we've got those two pieces of the puzzle. You've now got visibility. You've now tested that that's working. You've identified what was then. Obviously, you said that it wasn't great for you guys when it ran. So what was the big glaring holes, things that you weren't aware of? Pass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the glaring hole was was um, things that you don't know about. Yeah, okay. So there were things that, that shouldn't have been, and we would never do deliberately that was was missing okay. so as much as you think you're in a secure environment there's always and again that was today when we're having those discussions they mm-hmm. had the same thing one person rocked up in one day that they didn't know yeah so the way that Pentera works is it'll show you what it's managed to do and it'll show you the multiple vulnerabilities at the top so again okay. it'll show you the different ways to fix it and as Brett says there's a few things it flagged up but again it shows that I fixed those and it's then about 
you that know. you had a plan. Yeah. Well, the priority is because you can simulate the fix at any part of that kill chain. So you've got that, that sequence of events it got to where it, where it compromised or how it infiltrated. So you can simulate a fix at any point. So you can actually target hmm. the one thing that caused the chain reaction. So rather than at the bottom patch one small patch across your entire 5,000 PCs, you patch one server that it got to. It yeah. was running an older system or something. Yeah, one what... type. You know, you sec- you've got different vectors. You can secure your traffic, you can secure your passwords, you can secure the patch. There's multiple different ways of doing it. Okay. And again, it's constantly changing over time, isn't it? So that's why you kind of rerun it. And then once you've made that change, how do you know that there's not still one PC that's just been rebuilt that hasn't still got that problem or something's been missed? Mm-hmm. So that's, again, that's about the rescanning to make sure that it's done what you're supposed to do and again and, and again if you, if you i mean we don't have to talk about what it did but if you re-ran pentera at bolton now i think you'd see, you'd see a very different story oh absolutely we've had a, yeah. a long time with it now um and again going back to the session who have been running pantera for sort of was it a few months or a year what did he i can't remember i was paying attention oh, i can't remember how long at the front yeah he's had a year a year and already yeah. his infrastructure is now way more secure than when he started. They're extremely proactive as a trust as well, so that's, yeah. 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 Which is really good to hear, especially because yeah. we had a very long sort of uh, therapy session about all the troubles we have regarding funding, skill sets, yeah, the access to these tools. We all know what our issues are. We just need help getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've gone from the visibility. We've now tested out Pantera. What did you guys then, what was next on the kind of like what we need to fix, what's going to help our team? What did you kind of think next? I think next was the uh, access management. Yeah. Um, so this was about um, auditing what people were doing. Um, this was about creating file, sh- uh, the sort of auditing file shares and the ability to c- create, um, you know, sort of ransomware. They were always create or manipulate the files. So right. how open are these files? How open are these? Uh, you know, we're talking back then probably 500 servers. Mm. With the best will in the world, it only takes one mistake or one permissions change, and suddenly, especially when vendors have access to them, they're the worst ones. Okay. I would like to say, yeah, they'll come in and they'll. You can have your may, own, yeah. yeah, they may not necessarily understand NTFS permissions or anything like Often that. Often they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. So you would know that they've been in and fixed a problem by changing permissions, or they've done something okay. quick. They've done something quick just to sort something out, copy something between two servers they've got, and then forgotten they've done it. You know, that okay. kind of thing. So what go. you get is that you've got a gaping hole in one of your servers that you had no idea that was there until you get a pen test or a... Okay. And again, you want to make sure you're the one that picks that up ultimately. The other thing it did was it got rid of, it gets rid of all the common passwords. Yeah, Stealth Bits, we, we integrated it. There's a kind of multiple elements to it, isn't there? So we got the AD one because we we found, because of Pentera, mm. that, you know, people using the same password. Usually your local football team or hospital <laughs> and it didn't really matter how long added a few numbers on the end that's all they do standard we, we used to change it from you'd eight. be surprised yeah. Yeah, we, we had eight digits then we went to ten and then to twelve and all they did was do hospital one hospital two and hospital even, three. even the complex password you still end up with common password I so have can to you... say I'd be the same though I'm just a nightmare. You have to think about it, don't you? And we were talking about this today. It's how you get habits and people um, educated to understand the point of that. And, you know, we even joked about people putting their passwords in an actual book today and then added a lock to it. So there's a lot to it. So that that was a big part of it then. And then um, making sure that people's... And how does that work then? So does Stealth Bits doesn't allow you to use a common password? It or? doesn't, no. You, we, right. we set that. There's also the sort of... Um, there's 555 know, million common passwords in it yeah, that's that it gets rid of. The, it gets rid of them. Okay. We can do your own custom ones as well because we have... Um, there's the old name for a hospital. Um, so the, the people the people that have been a long time, um, yeah. they would use that name. Yep. Uh, I don't know what it is. 
not saying. No, no, no. So, um, so they would use all the common passwords. You can put your own dictionary in, but that was one element of it. And then the shares and the, um, the permissions changes, you can roll that back. So if someone tried to change something, it rolls it back and tells you that someone tried to change something. Okay. Usually IT staff, not going to lie, um, for, for right or wrong, you know, they shouldn't be changing those permissions. And this is not a Bolton example, but I've had a, quite a few customers, and what happens is they have great password policies and then find that the service desk also reset it to the same password. So if someone rings the service desk or they're setting a new account up, they'll put the same password in until the, till the user changes it. And you've got like uh, two, three hundred new accounts all with the same password. So again, it okay. picks up that kind of, it'll make sure people are not doing silly things like that. Yeah, you know? from, from from memory, I think it, the, sometimes the service desk has, has access directly to your directory. So any policies you set Doesn't are bypassed. Yeah, yeah. That so makes it'll sense. flag that up in seconds. Again, that's a big weak hole that you can have. And again, we're talking about the attacker coming in. Yeah. Just takes one account or one foothold and then they're in. That's in, yeah. Doesn't take much, does it? Yeah. So what have we done? So that's three. That's three. <laughs> um, I know another one. Mobile. Ah, uh, mobile. Mm. The external and threat. The external threat. Use yeah. of little mobiles. Um. What, so what was? Did that come up from stealth bits or pentech? How did you identify that mo- mobile was a risk? I think that was um, the sort of m- more increase in people wanting to use their own mobile device without the you know spending nhs money on loads of iphones or even androids and android's never a big fan of the security no offense to android users um but um yeah i think that that started to become a bit of a worry because it was because there were nothing on the on those those devices and they were connecting to corporate network yeah so how do you you gotta you've got to look after you gotta look after them yeah that's the problem and i guess even more so people have probably seen that with everything that's happened, like working from home, using your mobiles more, probably connecting from home. So what was your biggest worry, I guess, from the mobile side of things? What did you think? I think a, um, a malicious app, a compromised okay. app that would connect to the corporate network and do this, you know, and then infiltrate. And, and that there, there was one, even in the Apple store, there's been a few. Yeah. A couple, a couple of development apps that had a compromises, again, something like, this would then pick that up and say, this is malicious, what's it doing? Even things like, it also protects from guest Wi-Fi. You know, somebody's in a coffee shop, that's another thing. You just Yeah, well, they can't get free. Yeah, and yeah. Well, there was something as well, was it um, with WhatsApp as well? There was something with that, am I right with that one? A compromise? Uh, yeah, a compromise with WhatsApp, and there was something to do with the guy that went into Russia, and they were listening through his WhatsApp when he landed in the plane, the guy that went missing. I'm not aware of that one, but... Um, maybe we can cut that out. But there was, I'm pretty sure there's a, a lookout case study of the guy that, you know, that he went into... I might look that up. Is it Russia? <laughs> the guy that went in and went missing, never came out, was meant to get married, and went into the... Right, so you're saying that would have prevented... Yeah, but they were the listening camp. through his WhatsApp, so they knew when he... Like, he was a journalist or something, and was talking badly, yeah. and he went in... You can cut this bit out. But he went He went in. I'll find it. I'm sure they sent it to me. I have a very recollection of reading something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it basically, through his WhatsApp, they were listening in to him and knew when he was landing and all this okay. sort of stuff. So when he went in, they were able to take him out. The, what Lookout what look does as well um, as protecting, or putting that little, little extra protection for, for, for the devices, is it helps the users because they're very happy-go-lucky with the app stores, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know... Candy Crush, and so it does. We will pull out, you know, exfiltration information. So one, so we've many times over the last few weeks, we've sent out um, users saying, "You've got this app. You, you probably should delete it. It's mm. it's being flagged as as malicious." And they, oh, I did not. I, well, my my daughter downloaded it, or my son downloaded yep. it, and 
But it just it just helps them as well. It's good. also really good though because it sends me alerts saying that your phone's not up to date. I know you all get it free from Apple, like you need to update. Or an email software. from me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it does it does it, it comes up saying you you know you've not got the most you know up to date software on it so it's quite a good little even just a nudge just even for that basic level of a user to remember oh actually i need to update it tonight when, when i'm going to bed and stuff yeah i think i think um every time i talk about kind of security in general it's always about layers and you can't ignore the, the mobiles people always think of mobiles as being like a laptop or a tablet and and it's not the case you know people use you know, they're so powerful aren't they these days a big iphone 12 mm. max you could use as a Citrix session if you needed to. Yeah, you could. Screens are huge as well. So um, you've got to treat them the same way. So it's all right being device compliance with it, so watch Intune, but it's what people put on is, is the issue. It's a bigger issue. Mm. Okay, so that's mobile. I guess the be- the biggest piece now that we've kind of discussed today and was the main point was obviously actual medical devices themselves and what that looks like and the the effect that has and what I've definitely learned today is that I kind of probably had the main ones in my brain of what I thought was a medical device but actually today's really made me realize like I hadn't even thought about things like what you're saying in reception and like the barriers and things like that I hadn't even come into my it covers all IoT medical yeah so I hadn't even thought of any of that sort of stuff so I guess was this always the plan and something that you needed support with or has putting all these different things kind of opened your eyes to that was it something you've always known um, ninety percent we've always known. Yeah. Because the when I started a long time ago, um, it, medical devices were never run through IT. You remember that? Where well, you in previous NHS experience? Yeah. You, they was ordered by. They wasn't seen as an IT thing. Okay. Because they were specialist medical equipment. But as the years have rolled on, people have realised that not that the equipment they weren't might always be. network connected either because they didn't all talk to packs. They were often isolated. They had a local disc or and like we had one in. Our, I remember the eye unit and they had couple of eye scanning machines and the patient had to go back to the same one because it was all held locally right you know what i mean yeah. whereas then things have become much better now they're centralized you can get the information and goes to your gp you know what i mean the information is mm-hmm. more going a lot of places than it used to do so yeah you can plug in almost anything you look at sort of um you know monitor machines or ecgs that they plug in in icu go straight into the eps so they all need to be connected but they've almost somewhere. had this bolted on top some of them rather than it being intrinsically designed around none of that. it none of it will have none of these vendors that i've seen Dilemma. None of them have cyber at the top of their agenda. They're on about the, the clinical aspect, which yeah. is what it should, should be. Do, yeah. But but they can't just do that anymore because they're bringing in vulnerabilities because of the OS underneath it. That's the problem. But I guess as patients, we've become more demanding because our lives become more digitalized. Like I mean, I know from like I like the fact that I can go on my GP now and it's digital and I can send photos in. They text me. They then say, "Oh, I'm going to call you at this time." Like we are as people have become more de- demanding and I guess so that's affecting everything that's happening internally and it all has to talk together and it is making it more complicated I guess because as, as outside evolves and COVID's accelerated that well yeah massively <laughs> now we all want we all want you know because I know my GP was like oh we're only the um, online portal thing was just for COVID to stop people coming in and I'm a bit like oh because it made my so much life with the kids easier. Of like, am I wasting them time? I'm just putting a picture up of this rat rash. Is this a worry? So I guess, yeah, we're being more demanding. So obviously the medical devices, like you're saying, are now connecting now injured. So I'm guessing now it is more of an IT problem. It's a huge, and if you think with WannaCry or recent other um, healthcare places that have been compromised, yeah, the effect on that patient, you know, is is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and these devices tend to be, you know, the ologies. As I we're talking about today, the pathologies, the radiologies, you're talking about packs, because they tend to be very expensive equipment 
So they they keep them for a very long time. Yep. So the problem gets worse. So, you know, they can't afford to keep swapping every three years. And okay, seven, CT scan, seven years, eight years, not unusual. No, right. that's 10, 15 years I've seen kit going yeah. for. Because the kit may be perfectly functional. Yes. But we can't say you can't use that anymore just because the operating system's over. Yeah. So you've got a problem. You know, you're maxed two, three years old and, you know, you're looking for a replacement. So, you know. I said, say five, mate. It's okay. Five, so, five, see, you know, it's, it's, these things are trying to go seven, it's eight so, years. It's, old, it's <laughs> as old as the company. So okay. It's doing yeah, so well. Fine. It's doing well. Um, okay. So, obviously, it's become a bigger problem. And I know we discussed things in today, like, you know, you don't want to rip out a medical device because if there's a patient using it, but the risk is it could take out the whole infrastructure of the whole hospital, or worst case, if, if it's connected to other trust it could rip out a lot so i from a technical point of view and when you were coming to call to cloud and we were putting this on the table about right we know this is a problem this is an issue what were the things that you needed from a vendor or from a solution that we're looking for what were the things that it needed to cover that made life easier i guess solve that a bit it's going to sound condescending but a medical device scanner yeah what what they had was scanners they had security scanners network scanners that's, that's not what, what you wanted. You need something with context. You need something that understood what it was. Some of this old equipment, you scan that with some aggressively to mm-hmm. see if it had vulnerabilities or you scan to see if it were. You could take it out. I've seen it done with uh, a lot of pathology equipment. It's very sensitive because of the amount of the throughput they have and the age of the equipment was never geared for all this. And you could easily take out a machine off the network because you're scanning it too, too aggressively. So it needed something that was... Um, that would do all that job, but be very specific that it was for medical and, and, and IoT devices. Okay. That's that was the challenge that that we, <laughs> that we set, and all right. this stuff that that was coming back going, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. There was a lot of stuff that went on in the background. To make I was going to sure say because I know yeah. there was been a lot been tested. I know in the conversations today, other people were saying that they had those solutions in and were doing that sort of thing. And I think when we kicked it around the room, we knew. It was doing a little bit. It wasn't doing all of it. And then when you, I think today when you did the slide, it was a bit like, oh, wow, like it's not just doing the little bit. So I guess, why did this one get the green light? Because I know we do test a lot of products with you um, and you're very much an evangelist of what, what we put forward in front of other customers and trust. What was this solution? Why was, what more boxes did it tick while we were like, oh yeah, that's, that, that's the one that we need to use? I think it's the, the same as all the other stuff that we've that we've put forward is that okay. it works. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, saying, again, it sounds a little daft, but it, it does exactly what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then you can work with the, the usually the kind of like rough diamonds sometimes where you go, this is perfect, but I just need this for the NHS and I just need that. And then the, the company's going, well, okay, I'll do that report or I'll just alter that. Yeah. And then you suddenly you 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 morph it into something that everyone in the NHS can can use, not just for your environment or healthcare yeah. in general, not, not just the NHS. But that um, it's a bit like the, the Pentera and the Vectra, is that when you put it in your network and you scan and then you see the data that comes back, you always get fed by the data going, okay, I did not know that was there. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. What's that doing? And then the amount of times I went to my network, I was going, why is that on the network? That yeah. shouldn't have been on the network. So it's that, 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 that's got volume of data that came back from the initial sort of PLC was huge. So you showed me a dashboard which showed actually what the medical device was, like actually to the what it was, of them, the categories it? of that. Yeah. Mm. Is that normal on dashboards? Is that a quite a nice feature, an additional feature? I mean, I think that the side layer platform is very clean in the way it presents it to you. Okay. And I think the big the big differentiator, again, we, 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 there's lots of technical differentiators and a lot of patent pending stuff in there, but talking about why it's different is mm. because, again, it was written for hospitals. Okay. A lot of other things are, are a scanner and there's been a dashboard put on top. So okay. you've got the kind of same scanner underneath. So this has very much been 
I mean, when it, when, it, when it was built in the US, it was built with hospitals working directly in and with the company. Okay, so, so and again, they wanted something that was clean, it was readable, it would give information to different departments. Again, you know about patient times and when they're being scanned, and again, it's and making yeah, sure that, that the that reports are very is, readable. That piece was really interesting because I didn't really think about that, um, but obviously. Hospitals are running 24-7. Yeah, so um, when do you patch them? When do, yeah. you, go, when do you go in the room? Yeah, that's you know. what I thought. I hadn't even really thought about this. And, um, my mum recently broke her ankle. And we, I think we started talking about this or something. And I said, I've never even in my head thought, oh, like, it's gonna, like her x-ray is going to be delayed because IT are in there. It doesn't even go through my brain of why well, normally, I... We're normally sat in the corridor for four <laughs> hours waiting to get in. Yeah, but it, wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't even have gone through my mind of like, oh, God, yeah, they probably need to test that. When do they test that? Because, you know, if I'm a patient, I expect that you can x-ray me all the time or that you can operate yeah. on me all the time. Um, you know, if it's an emergency, you don't want to really come in with an ambulance and they're going, sorry, IT's just in there. Like, yeah. it's just a bit... Please wait, update. Especially, especially going Loading. forward, because we're saying that what we want to do now is look, do reports by manufacturer, push those manufacturers to, push, uh, to patch, but it's even better if we can go, right, we need you to patch and we need you to come between this time and this yes, time. Yes, because you were telling me... and you, Yeah, you showed a report of when... What days? The joke earlier. Do you know Tuesday comes after Wednesday? I don't know why I said that. Tony <laughs> Chess England. It, I, I don't think it's going to speak to me again. That was brilliant. Wow, text explaining. I think I've just created a new word. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, it opened my eyes to the fact that you could actually see what days they predominantly used that medical device because you were like, oh, well, that would have been a clinical day because it's a Tuesday. Um, that you could actually plan. Exactly. I mean, that's just plan. one thing. It's literally, it's just you know, if you want to know what's an end of life operating system, one click. There you go. They're all end-of-life operators. Yeah. It's just having that depth of information. As Brett says, really, the company's really keen to sort of get feedback from customers and go, right, that's going to get in our roadmap. Things we can that can be moved on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, that's very, as Brett, it's very, very key because you can't say static. You want to make sure that it's really... If it's delivering 90% now or 80% now, you want to make sure that you're really pushing that the, the envelope yeah. of it. But one thing, you'd be happy if you bought that as a reporting tool. You'd be happy. You'd go, that's a good reporting tool. But the fact that you can automate... The fixes, yeah. That was like the vid- that's the video thing. you were showing earlier. Yeah, that's that's the three click. There you go. That's that's the source. The, these are all the source and destination. Mm-hmm. This is all your traffic. This is what you need to do. And by the way, here's the six lines of commands you need for your ice or your extreme neck. And let me tell you, like I speak to a lot of different trusts around the Cisco ice. And again, you need to be on a recent version for it to integrate because it's, it's it's amazing the new versions. But you, it literally will create the policy till you press go. But most of the trusts I speak to, I'll say. You know, the general conversation, have you got Cisco eyes? Yes, brilliant. I said, so how are you using it? And then the conversation never focuses on medical devices, despite them being the most vulnerable. It normally focuses around Wi-Fi and them securing the Wi-Fi, okay. which is great. And that should be being done. But, you know, you've got a product that you paid for that you're not really using because you're slightly nervous about affecting your patients. So if you can use something like this, it understands the behavior of the of the medical device, where it's talking to, what it's doing, mm-hmm. and not just what the manufacturer is telling you, what's happening in reality. Because... Mm-hmm. The manufacturer won't tell you what the IP address of your pack server is, for example. Yeah. That's specific to your own environment. So you want something that's going to say it's going from to this. And then what, what happens if something's in the cupboard? It only comes out once a week. Or it only does a particular scan once a month. I don't know. I mean, it, it, no, yeah. I know what happens. I use that as a demonstration for the road traffic access. You want something yeah. that's scanning over a period of time to really give you that information so and confidence to hit the go button and actually secure your network. That's very clever then. So, okay, we've covered gone through everything that you currently have what's next but you both just looked at me just yeah to, just to I want to know I, I want to know what you're saying inter- <laughs> me too I think I think well I think everyone kicked around I think SOC got kicked around quite a lot today yeah um, and that's a huge we know that's a huge project but I guess 
you probably have a wish list or you have something. I always say what keeps you up at night. But what's that thing that you're thinking, gosh, if I came in today and that could tell me that. I'm not even saying this is built yet. This is, you know, what would be a mm. thing that you could go, oh, that would be delightful. I think there needs to be, um, my pain point at the moment is my perimeter firewall. Okay. I'm punching more holes through it because everything's online, everything's in the cloud, everything keeps changing and moving mm-hmm. and yep. it's really difficult to keep up and you just got this big barrier now and it's just it's just painful. It's I'd like some kind of now. proper automated firewall that was had some intelligence behind it. I think they're a little bit behind. I know they've got IPS, IDS, they've got anti-bot virus, all kinds of stuff, but did it really you know, if if you had if you if you don't have all the other thing, the other tools we have on the internal network, and you had a medical device talking out your firewall on port four four three, how would you that that would be allowed because it's allowed to talk four four three maybe going to a supplier, but what if that wasn't supposed to be going there? It wasn't there was tunneling things in that which is easy to do. Vectra would hopefully pick it up. Well, Vectra would pick it up, but I'm saying is that a firewall would just punch a hole through, and it's just becoming really difficult to manage for you know, me. The other thing you said, actually, I think the other day you were saying the one would be really good is if there was some sort of standard for NHS around the settings that you'd use in their Office 365 tenancy. Oh, well, yeah, Office 365 was a big thing, wasn't it? Yeah, 365 to, to take your, your perimeters moving. You know, Azure and 365, your 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 boundaries, a bit like mobiles, you need to put your, your, your shields around that. Sounds mm. like a Star Trek metaphor, that's not cool. But you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you've got to... Marketing Ra- ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He said raise your shields. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you see these little episodes where they do that around asteroids. You've got to do that. You've got to put your armor in your all, all your environment, all your protected parts yeah. that, 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 that can be infiltrated. And 365 is definitely one of them. I try to reach out to people and colleagues to try and get, you know, what they're using for their settings, what they're using for their OneDrive and SharePoint. And it's all very quiet, which either means they don't want to share. <laughs> or, or it's a new beast, isn't it? Because it's just accelerated really quickly. Well, yeah. The move is, but it's making sure you get, you can't score with the default settings. You need to make sure you're, you're understanding what's in there. Yeah. And, yeah. Turn I mean, off if everything. You have, enjoy asking people where all the SharePoint sites are. I can stealth bits will tell you where all your SharePoint sites are and what they're doing. You know, people don't really know because users are just creating them left, right and centre. So it's about having Well, we're a bit trigger happy, aren't we? We've all moved, especially from not working in IT and we're like been sent out to the world we're putting things everything we're being told to put everything on one drive everything needs to be in shared drive each department needs to be out i've been telling everybody that here by the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) well everything is put on the cloud now um especially my mac because it can't handle anything on it um but so i lives up there but i guess we are a bit trigger happy like oh can i send this person out to this file or i'll share this to the whole team give you an example within quarter cloud not i mean we have got i would say 45 sharepoint sites being used what being used for, because I know because I back them all up, because I can see them appearing in our backup engine, so I can see them all coming. And again, people have created them, not really know what it is, and then not using it. But they're not being cleaned down, so you know I'm going back through cleaning them up. But again, if that's is if that's me? happening in our organisation, then <laughs> you multiply again. I, I made sure that when I went for a backup solution, I made sure it was one that would just detect new SharePoint sites and back them up. And I was like, right, great, well, and you know, so you got you're assuming company. that a lot of these these people are actually backing up the SharePoint and OneDrive because not a lot of them are. Yeah, we do. But, yeah. I, I'm just looking at him like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's the advantage of sort of all that experience, isn't it? With Phil to sort of say, yeah. oh, actually, I know what this needs doing because we don't do it. I mean, 365 has been designed around the user to make it easy for them, which makes it's devolved permissions. Yeah. There's the user's responsibility, which it comes down to sort of education, then, doesn't it? Well, I find it really mental that I didn't realise it wasn't until we were chatting that if 
you've got Microsoft Teams, like you can ring anyone that's got Microsoft Teams. Is that right? Is that my good understanding of that? Depends how you connect it to your external. If they join okay. the call, you can. Yeah. And then you can obviously have, you can talk between. That just, I don't know, it just feels like quite like, it depends oh, on the setting open. your organisation. Brett's, for example, is extremely locked down, so probably not. Okay. But um, a lot of other, other organisations, you can, they, like we have chats going between them and stuff, but it depends yeah. on, it depends on your, again, it depends on your settings. I said, we got 36510 many years ago, but only recently through COVID have we started to accelerate that. Because um, we didn't have a particular reason to go, but now we do. And we're trying to catch up a little bit. Mm. The first thing I did was turn off everything I possibly could. And I couldn't even email you the presentation over. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't download, download it. it. Couldn't yeah, yeah. Even if he allows it, the organisational settings block it. Which is great, because again, you're almost better to start with that. It's the opposite of a firewall, isn't it? A firewall is normally deny, deny, and then you add the rules in. Whereas it seems with Office 365, it's allow, allow, and then you go then through you and deny. The rules. It's the opposite way around, and people are just but, but sort of happy-go-lucky with it. Which is ironic. If we go back a long time using uh, Microsoft products, they always uh, deny is where you start from. It's not That's always their ethos, isn't it? It should be least permissive, but it's not how 365 works, is it? No, and again, I've been doing hours, and it's still very much a work in progress, but it's you know, you've got to make sure you're on... It's just knowing the problems there. It's a bit like everything else... Knowing the problems there, as Brett says, if somebody could do some sort of, you know, recommending settings, things that you should be looking at, that's a key thing. Yeah, but, something that we brought up. And again, you know, that's all about settings, isn't it? At the end of the day, not necessarily changing a product. Like even yeah. when you run Pentera, you want to make sure you screw your file shares, but sometimes it's as simple as people putting file screening on a share. I, that's amazing. You know, We've been doing that for so long. It's basic. And it's I just in Windows, people, people don't turn it on. And I don't understand why they don't do that. So look, you can't save a database file. You can't save this type of file. A PST. I mean, a PST, it, you know, that'll stop you getting loads of data lost. So again, there's products, there's settings, there's understanding. It's a complete mix, and it's not one. Sh- it's not one thing fix all. It's very no. much. It's a, that's what we're saying. It's a mix of the correct products, a mix of the understanding, and a mix of putting in the right settings. education. And then there's the governance wrapper and all that as well. Yeah, yeah. This, that's one thing I have learned. There's a lot, like a big onion, isn't it? There's lots and lots of layers, layers to this. <laughs> there's so many elements to do and so many things to look after, which I found great today because everyone freely talking. Everyone saw things from different points of views. You all had different pain points. And I think I was very naive until I started working for Quarter Cloud. I don't know why. I just assumed that if you're NHS, you will have exactly the same stuff. I just assumed that. It's funny that. That's that's, that's generally what people do think. Yeah. it It couldn't be further from the truth. No, yeah. I just assumed you were all the same business, so you would all get the same stuff. Because if you was, you know, Asda or Tesco, Waitrose for you, Phil... Um, <laughs> M&S M&S M&S, M&S actually yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom if you're up now He loves a caterpillar Caterpillar gank <laughs> Ryan does So You know If that's the case Then um, But they they would have A central system They have a yeah. central pause They have everything But NHS is But the, the problem is Is that um, It could never be like that No matter what the sort no. of, uh, These people say Because Each locality Has di- Cities will have Different m- issues than rural areas so you you can't necessarily have the same no. thing so you have to break it down and then the in, into sort of interconnecting becomes more complex and yeah. that's where the problems start but, but they've been doing trying they've been trying to fix it for a few years and they're getting closer and closer yeah. and trying to sort of standardize these things but there is still a a very marked difference between each organization but i, I think. think it's very interesting because pre-working here i'm just being a public person that uses the nhs i would very much have just assumed that you all were the same, hospitals were the same. Well, for, for example, in, in, in organi- even GPs within an organisation don't necessarily use the same GP system. Wow, so, okay. so, you know, like if you go to the centre of, you know, Oxford, for example, which is near here, you know, you'll yep. find that there'll be a lot of GPs, they're all on different GP systems. Some will play well together, some won't. So, again, if, if people are trying to bring the information together, you're managing different systems and it's... 
So I, that's going to be a big piece, isn't it? With the whole, di- from what we were talking about today, like the digitalization of being able to patient data freely move from GPs to pharmacies. I know that's all kind of happening. And again, there are like integration piece. engines, and if and if 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 the different people play well, then you know you can all talk into the integration engines and you can transfer information. You know, it's it is doable. It's just that everyone everyone has to work well together. Yeah, and the governance yeah. side. I, I always as um as a patient, I always thought. Or, or, I don't know what, what you think, but if you know if you um, injured injured your ankle, mm-hmm. you'd expect if you went, you was in London, you'd think that they would have, have your ID. note. I remember that you, you told me yeah, that. You wouldn't be going. No, do you mean I can't send them? It's governor. It's an IG issue. No, it shouldn't be. I want. I want them to have my yeah. my things. It should be opt out, not opt in. And I don't. I, that's the thing. So what would happen then right now? If so, if I did break, came up to. Bolton and saw you guys broke my ankle and went into that hospital. How would that work right now? I'm having my details. They wouldn't have your previous details. No, no, you'd, you'd be treated as a external patient. You may be looking at that. Might, might get transferred up as a. They as, could request as, it. It wouldn't be there immediately. It would be a manual request. Yeah, and, but a lot of regions are doing a lot of good work, Greater Manchester yeah. and all that. There are where they we've just put in a regional um, radiology system, a, okay. a PAC system. So you you. Um, go to any Greater Manchester hospital they're using yep. the same system now, okay. which is so a lot of them do that these ICSs and all these do you notice how many acronyms there are yes today <laughs> so many I got oh, very lost man. the structure I was about to start talking about IEPs you know image exchange portals but you know it's, it's... The, well, we, I was getting there with the, stru- the structure and then we were going into more detail and then there was more like I just felt there was a lot of like then it just is very complicated very complicated. I nearly, yeah. I nearly asked Dave Willis to actually um, explain how the money funds through that as well. Oh, you, God. If I you think that's imagine. complicated, try and follow the money through. That is I unbelievably complex. Like, we started off and I was like, yeah, we're on primary. Yeah, we're, oh, what's it? Oh, what's that little thing? And then there was like a star. And I was like, we have, I'm gone. God, I don't know where we're going now. And then you blink and it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think they're going to run out of acronyms. We've got X, NHS X-I-E-D-E. E. And they, I didn't realise they all did like different bits and then they're all different levels and then it was like, oh, that's on top of that. Oh, no, now they've shifted that person. Yeah, they, even it shifted from the slide as, yeah. uh, as Daniel corrected these. Yeah, because the they're NHSX did policy, but now they're trying to look at kind of, you know, yeah. centralised things. Like, again, it's very different in Scotland as well. Scotland's got a whole different structure again. It's it, Scotland and, and Wales, um, I know geographically it is different than England, but they do have... Um, have some of these rights where they, 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 they procure and sort it in the middle and push out a bit like you'd okay. expect. But, yeah. the, you know, the... the you, you know the um, the the citizen as we call them. The, the, there's a lot less of them, and it's a little bit easier okay. to to do than than England. But um, they do it right. It doesn't mean they still get it wrong. But NHS certainly seems to be changing. Uh, Scotland in particular um, seems to be doing the right thing, bring it into the centre. Mm. One thing we don't like: no one seems to play that nice. Sometimes that came up today. It wasn't me saying it for once. There are a lot of hospitals that work together and have that, but traditionally. They compete. I don't want to really talk. There's a lot it's of interesting. I, what you like when you said that because I did find that quite interesting because you'd assume that you'd all not be like that. That you'd all want to. Well, that's why they all became hospitals. Became specialisms, didn't they? I guess it's less by team or hospitals now, but they became specialisms. That was so that you know, like Bolton's a maternity specialism, isn't it? You know, Ophthalmology, and, maternity. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. like they've got different specialisms, and that sort of that'll probably help them not to compete because they're, they're specialising in their own it's areas a little bit. But it's yeah, it's constantly evolving. But at the end of the day. Need to sort the security out. Look at them. Yeah. Well, subtle. <laughs> back, in, back, in, <laughs> back in conversation. <laughs> Just seamless, that film. So, <laughs> straight back into security and we've gone round in a big, big circle. I wonder what the next one will be. Everyone everyone says, uh, particularly sort of uh, uh, Dev, uh, Dev Willis of these worlds, will tell you there'll be another one or cry at some point. I mean, Ireland got taken out, but that's 
What was was that a ransomware attack? That it was. I don't know whether it was fully targeted, but what he said, and which is true, is that once they had a hook into the organisation, they knew what they were dealing with, and that is not cricket. That's okay. the bit that has yeah, never quite, been done it was before. Pretty advanced that, to be honest. So if once once you make one, sets a precedent that that's what happens. Then, so would the new Pentera update ransomware thing help with that? Well, Pentera will help you detect whether you're vulnerable to ransomware. So yes, it'll help it. And obviously, Vectra would have detected the island attack. It does pick up the early stages of ransomware. It was very much a bulletin that was sent out to a Vectra customer saying this is how it would have detected it. Right. So, so again, you've got the two different phases, haven't you? It's not a one-fix-all. You need to understand if there's something again ransomware attacks in general. They'll often sit in your network for quite a while before they actually hit pull the trigger. Which mm-hmm. so again, it's about picking up those early stages, and then you know, for Pentera's point of view, it's about making sure that you know your file systems and stuff. What would happen? How would they react if you tried to take a file and encrypt it? So it's a two, it's a double edged thing ultimately, and there's more to it than that. But that's... but their new update thing. Yes, I'm probably not doing this very much justice. But is that the fact that they can actually run a simulated ransomware yes. attack in? Yes, they will try see... taking a file off a PC, copying it off, encrypting right. it. And they'll purposely pick user files. Do you know what I mean? So it'll take that file, it'll try and encrypting it again. So you can test your system out of how well it's, it's yeah, working. Yeah, I think it's because ransomware is the, the, you know, the billion dollar industry, isn't it? Or at least hundreds of millions they, they get out of it. So that's the one that the criminals will be targeting. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is the same we did with Pentaria for Active Directory, mm-hmm. is to see if you know, let's see where the weaknesses are again. Let's yeah. run it and see is it, is this going to pick something up? That's what you want to know. What you can fix. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you might buy an endpoint bit of security and it says, we will block ransomware, and you go, fantastic, and you think you're secured. This way you can make sure. Yeah, it actually does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Well, Pantera has done so far. I've not got the update yet. Okay, come on, Phil. Version 5. Yeah. When's it out? October. It's out, but you guys have got a copy of it today. Oh, is it today? Well, I'm too, I'm too busy here wasting people's time this afternoon for, <laughs> for, for an hour, apparently. I think, <laughs> it'll, it'll be out for everyone by about it's September, September, October, October, September October it's coming out in general. Official. But they're just doing the early, the final tests on it. So Yeah. yeah we should have a follow-up, so I'll tell you how you get on with it. Yeah, see how you get on with it and how it works. The other thing I think, don't know if we covered this, going back to Silera, is it also true that it can, like make a ghost copy of it. That's, I'm probably not using the terminology of that right, so that it can still be running and you can be testing it while it's running. Is that right? The Docker. Is that correct? Yeah. The, the way One of the things it does differently to the other ones is it creates what it calls a digital twin. That's it, digital twin, not ghost. So basically it looks at the traffic coming off it. it basically what they do is they have a, load, a large load of researchers that kind of build the images of the actual medical devices mm-hmm. to look at what's coming off it, what the TCP IP stack, what versions of software it's running. It'll then say, right, these are the versions you're running. This is how they all work together and it'll scan that to get the detailed information. Okay. So that that's one of the things, again, but then a lot of it's kind of around... It's, it's passive as far as the actual medical device goes. That's the important part. I think I mentioned that earlier on, isn't it? Is that yeah. you can't be aggressive on these pieces of equipment. So delicate, aren't they? They're mm. important. Mm, definitely.